Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I want to just share a few thoughts around the last moments of Jesus' life and what that means to us and what it means to me personally. Because let's be honest, if Easter is not real, we're all wasting our time. I I have wasted the last 25 years of my life if Easter isn't real. If Jesus didn't go on the cross and actually die for our sins, we're actually wasting our time being here this morning. But I believe there's so much evidence to support the death, the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And that's why I love the Easter weekend. It gives me an opportunity to talk about His death and what that means for us. But then we also gather again on Sunday. And everyone in this room is invited back on Sunday if you so wish to. And you're not away up the river or at the beach or something. Because Sunday is the most glorious of all days. But, but it's this Good Friday that I want to talk about this morning. We, we call it Good Friday because of what came from it. Good came from it. But at the moment, in the moment, it was anything but a Good Friday. It was a horrible, murky, yucky, dark, sickly, deathly Friday. Good came from it, but it didn't feel good at the time. And I would hate us just to read the Bible as often as some of us do and forget the significance and the weight of what Jesus Christ went through in that moment. And so I want to share a thought around this, that He was forsaken, but not forgotten. In the book of Mark, or sorry, Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, it says these words, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which simply means, my God, My God, why have you forsaken me? You see, up to this point, the narrative of the crucifixion is around the physical pain that Jesus went through. Only moments earlier, Jesus had endured four trials and He was found guilty and sentenced to death by crucifixion. No sooner had the verdict been passed when they stripped him bare and they proceeded to beat him and to whip him and to bash him. The flogging that he received was so severe, it killed many people who endured that. The Roman soldiers that were nearby thought it would be good to make light and to mock the claims that he was a king. And so they put a purple robe on him and and they made a cruel crown, a crown that was made out of thorns. These thorns were big, sharp thorns. And it wasn't just gently placed on the head of Jesus, it was brutally put on his head and bashed further so that those thorns went into his flesh. Because of the wounds from the flogging and the beating, 
the purple robe that they put on him to mock him was beginning to stick to his skin. And once they'd had their way and had their fun with him, they ripped the robe off him with no regard for the torn skin and the pain that he was feeling. And then he was forced to carry a cross weighing about 150 pounds. You can only imagine in this moment in Jesus' life, he's feeling quite weak. In fact, he was so weak, he, he, he staggers and he falls to the ground. He can't continue. And so the Roman soldiers grab a man by the name of Simon out of the crowd to carry the cross with Jesus. When Jesus reached the place where He was to be crucified, they laid the cross down on the ground. They placed Jesus, or should I say, threw Jesus on that cross, grabbed His right hand, drove an iron spike through His wrist, grabbed His left hand, put another iron spike through the other wrist, and got his two feet, crossed them over and put an iron spike through both feet to hang him on that cross. Jesus was in agony from a physical perspective. When he was on the cross, as if it wasn't bad enough with all the pain that he was enduring. He had the naysayers and the mockers, the haters, the slanderers hurling abuse at him, mocking him, saying, if you are the King, why don't you come down off the cross? People spitting on him, people slapping him. The crowd were jeering. There was a few precious followers having to watch on and having endured being on the cross for about six hours. Jesus utters these words that I've already read. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, I don't know if he would have been able to say it with that strength because he was in such a weakened condition. But the words are powerful nonetheless. And I just want to hold us in this moment as we look at what that means for us. You see, Jesus was indeed forsaken. The word forsaken means deserted. It means abandoned. And Jesus was not only on the cross, but He was on the cross alone. He was not only deserted by the disciples, the Bible tells us that all of those that were closest to Him left Him. 
but it was also deserted in that moment by God Himself. When He cried out to God, in that moment in time, God's ears were closed. The crowd were jeering. The demons were tormenting. The pain was excruciating. The only silence was the silence that came from heaven. In this moment in Jesus' life, there is no reassuring voice of the Father saying, this is my Son whom I love and with Him I'm well pleased. There's no dove that came down upon Him to reassure Him of the Spirit's presence. There's no angel nearby to offer Him help and strength. There's not even the gratitude or the encouragement of the redeemed saints in the witnesses of heaven cheering Him on. Heaven is silent. He was in the truest sense forsaken. On the cross, Jesus was not only forsaken, He suffered fully. See, He did not merely identify with our sin. The Bible tells us that He Himself became sin. And He cries out in Aramaic. But He doesn't use the word Abba, which is the Aramaic word for Father. He doesn't use that word. He uses the Aramaic word El, which speaks of God. God Almighty, God that is holy. Even when He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating droplets of blood, He was still able to use the Aramaic word Father. Say, Father, if this can be removed from me. But in this moment on the cross, there's no use of that word. Just God. God that is holy. God that is just. God that is righteous. God that is sovereign. In that moment, as Jesus hung upon the cross, He was before El God. But He was not before God as the beloved Son. He was before God as the sin of the world. It's here that He stands where no one has ever stood before or since, enduring at one tiny point in space and time all that sin deserved. And for the first time 
in Jesus' life, He became one of us, a sinner. He took on the sin of the world. The Bible says that as He hung on the cross, He was unrecognisable. The weight, the pressure made Christ unrecognisable as He hung upon the cross. You see, in this moment, it's not that God's not there in Jesus' life. He was there. But He wasn't there as Father. He was there as judge and ruler. I don't know if any of you can identify with that. I love my dad. And there were times I would be with my dad and, and, and he was very much Abba dad. He, he was my daddy. He was my father. And we'd play together. And we'd do fun things together. But there were other times when I did the wrong thing and, and my dad was there. And it was in those moments, it wasn't that he was there that the problem is the fact that he was there. Dealing with my sin. And in that moment, he was there as judge and bringing correction and direction to my life. How many know what I'm talking about? And in this moment, God is very present. He's very much there. But not as, hey, let's go play cricket, son. But He's there as judge to pour out His full wrath upon Jesus who had become in that moment in time sin. And sin needs to be punished. And Jesus at that moment received the full punishment from the Father. The full weight as He became sin. You see, El God will not and cannot spare Him until the ransom has been paid in full. And it was as Jesus hung on the cross in anguish of spirit, in anguish of soul, the wrath of God was poured out on Him. The full gamut of God's wrath, the full gamut of God's anger against wrongdoing, against sin was poured out on Jesus. Jesus was indeed forsaken. He suffered fully. And he also died finished. Jesus, now at the end of his limits and endurance, says three words that has changed the course of human history. 
Jesus said, it is finished. You see, Jesus didn't die young and Jesus didn't die old. Jesus died finished. The cup had been drained. The curse had been exhausted and the price had been paid. The sacrifice is now complete. And in that moment, the temple in the curtain was torn from top to bottom, opening the way for us to be able to enter the most holy of places. See, His death was a substitute for our sin. Many years ago, I was playing in a soccer final. And as it went, I got injured to the point of having to come off. I was really disappointed. We are playing at Highmarsh Stadium. It was a cup round grand final. There was a big crowd there. We were winning 2-1, which is a miracle to get more than two goals in a soccer match, I know. And I had to get taken off. I had to be substituted because I couldn't go on in my own strength. The good news is, because I was part of the team, at the end of the game, I received the trophy like everyone else. And I received a medallion like everyone else. I'd been substituted because I was unable to go on in my own strength. God saw you and He saw me. God saw the plight of humanity and realised our best effort of getting to heaven was never going to happen. Our best effort of doing the right thing was never going to get us to the place we ultimately wanted to get. The Bible says it this way, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, none of us match up to God's expectation. But then again, if we're honest, most of us don't even match up to our own expectations. How many of you have ever let yourselves down, let alone someone else down, let alone God Almighty? Jesus didn't die young. He didn't die old. He died finished. And the good news is that he was not forgotten. He was forsaken for a moment in time, but he was not forsaken. In Luke chapter 23, verse 46, it says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he said this, he breathed his last. And in that moment, Abba Father proudly held his hands out to his son and welcomed his spirit home. You may have felt you've been overlooked. You may have felt abandoned. You may have felt deserted. 
You may be here today in this crowd of people, but if you feel all alone, the good news is you have not been forgotten. The good news is because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross some 2,000 years ago, you have not been forgotten. You may be sitting here this morning and say, what would possess someone to do such a thing? And I can answer that with one word. L-O-V-E. Love. Love and deep love and committed love will get you to do some crazy things. I think of the first responders running into a burning building to save those who are unable to save themselves. They put themselves at risk. Talk about a reckless kind of love. What would possess someone to do that? because they have a love for humanity. Let me bring it right back to parenting our kids. I'm not too ashamed to admit that I've had my fingernails painted because I've got two daughters And at different phases and stages in their life, they both felt it would be really cool to paint dad's fingernails. What would possess someone like me to allow my fingernails to be painted when it's not my go-to? I've got to be honest with you. (laughs) I could think of better things to be doing. But to see the smiles on their faces, the joy that they get through being with me, what causes me to do that? Love. What causes first responders to go into a building to help broken, hurting, weakened, smoke-affixiated people? Love. What possessed Jesus to go on the cross? Be forsaken, suffer fully, and die a horrible death? Love. You see, the fact is, Jesus is not angry with you. Jesus is not mad with you, but he is madly in love with you. And Easter was the greatest display of just how much he feels about you and me. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 